Yo, welcome back to the Big Mouth Podcast. I'm your esteemed host, the well-known unknown Mr. Troy Bailey. Um, one of the one of the beautiful things about this about me doing this podcast is that it actually uh gives me the opportunity to reconnect with people that you know either for whatever reason I haven't connected with them in a while. Um, it also it also gives me an excuse to 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 drink, which I don't, which I hardly ever do. So uh, tonight I have a special guest who I'm sharing a special drink with. You already know I'm with the Hennessy, so that's what that's what we sipping on. Um, before before he starts yakking, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a, a solid intro. So this is a brother of mine that I met a few years ago, and and uh, some people say that you don't really. You know, they they it's hard to make friends after a certain age, but uh, every now and then you 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 meet people that you just automatically gravitate towards. So I think I'd mentioned on a on a previous episode that, uh, you know, I I uh, I do I'm a boxing instructor off and on. I've been doing it for a few years now. And uh, one of the gyms that I did it at a couple years ago, um, they had a fight team there. And uh, this brother was uh, he was he was one of the fighters, you know, specifically a Muay Thai fighter. And, um, you know, I kind of I kind of watched him from a distance and just kind of picked up his style. I'm still kind of foreign to Muay Thai, but my foundation is boxing. And just looking at his style, it was very boxing oriented. And uh, I also kind of seen how he was outside of the ring. I, you know, I saw that he was also a family man. He was also a businessman. Um, he was real articulate and was real humble and uh, did not come off initially as somebody that would whoop your ass, but he will whoop your ass. <laughs> don't let it don't let that part get away from you. Um, but this is this is my good friend, Victor Frost, and. Uh, Maybe some of y'all might have heard of him out there in the world. You know, he's a he is a a, a professional Muay Thai fighter, and uh, I just want to say, man, it's real it's real good to see you, man. Damn, that was a solid. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute there, I didn't even know you were talking about me. Like he's about I was to... like, who's your guest? <laughs> who's this guy you're talking about? <laughs> Get a little teary eyed, man. Sure, you know, yeah, I had to build you up, man. You know what? Thank you, thank you for having me over here. It's really yeah. good to. To connect again, like you said, uh, yeah. So it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure mm-hmm. for uh, to be out here and um, yeah. Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's real good seeing you. Um, so I think it's I think what's real dope about this is that um, tomorrow, as you know, is a is a pretty big fight in the boxing community. Um, Triple G and Canelo. Triple G and two. Canelo too, man, and. I don't know. I'm a, you know, I know your background is boxing. My background is boxing. I'm really excited about this new resurgence and resurgence in boxing right now. It is now. coming up again, isn't it's, it? Dude. It's, yeah, I'm excited about Yeah, that. there's so many big names that are out there besides Canelo and Triple G. Like, God, who else we got? We got Errol Spence. We got Keith Thurman. Um, I'm I'm happy to see Danny Garcia getting the, oh, the recognition that he deserves. Even though he, he, he lost it last week, he's still, he's still relevant. Um... You know, I want to put Adrian Broner in that category, but yeah. God damn, he needs to get his shit together. You know, it's, but but there's he's still, he's still young. I mean, he, yeah, 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 but he's he's still yeah, he's younger than he's younger than us. So, but you know, he's still got some time. But you know, time is still a motherfucker that you can't buy back. That's true. And he yeah. talks about get all that money you got. Together. You still got to get your shit together, man. Um, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, there, there's, there's another guy. There's a lot of depth, and what what I'm liking about it too is that these these are just guys we haven't even talked about the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These are these are guys like I remember boxing was so dominant. I remember when I was watching in the '90s, the heavyweights dominated. Dominated. Oh, of course, it. everybody likes to see the, the yeah, guys slug it out exactly. Yeah. So and now, but now you're starting to see, you know, it's it's it, there's a lot of depth across the board. You know, you're seeing. Um, I don't. I don't know how you feel about. Uh, oh my gosh! Why am I forgetting his name right now? Our, our champ, our American champ. For Damn. what division? Heavyweight. 
The motherfucker that just knocked out uh, the Cuban. Uh, uh, dude, that's the that's the super fight. The ones the, the one that's supposed to uh, uh, fight Anthony Johnson. What's dude's name? Don't know. You know what I'm talking about lanky black dude. Yeah, Alabama boy. This sucks right now, man. Yep. Damn, I think we maybe we still maybe we shouldn't have drunk too yeah, soon. But anyways, you know, I'm Dude. sure it'll come to us. Yeah, it'll come back. It'll come back. Um, we're just horrible at names. Don't judge us. But anyway, man. Um, so the the the, the Muay Thai Foundation is uh, something that I wanted to talk about because I've I've seen you fight before. Um. Both as a you know we you and I have actually sparred before, uh, but talk talk about you know how you how you got into the Muay Thai man you you started off in boxing. Well, actually, it's 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 debatable whether that's a good thing or not because mm-hmm. it it really uh, if you go into the like the traditional Muay Thai, they say that if you start off with boxing, it will throw your whole game off, particularly with your mm-hmm. stance. Your foot movement. I mean, you got to be light on your feet. You're always on uh, the ball of your feet mm-hmm. uh, in boxing. So you got to, you know, have that footwork. In Muay Thai, you're always getting kicked in the legs. So yeah. you have to be able to check. You have to be a lot more flat-footed. Kind of mm-hmm. have to march. Um, and then if you're bobbing and weaving in boxing, then that doesn't translate so well in Muay Thai because you'll take a knee to the face right. and then it's game over. But for me, I always saw the opposite. I mean, no, you're not boxing per se, but I mean, you you really still are. Fundamentally, I think it all starts in the hands. Mm-hmm. It all starts in the hands, and you kind of work your way f- uh, to that. So the background that I had in boxing, as a you know, in my early childhood, really did help out when I transitioned into Muay Thai. I just kind of saw the best way to link those things in. And even though I didn't have the experience that some of the guys that I was fighting um, had as far as Muay Thai goes, the fact that I had solid foundation with my hands really helped out in the ring because I would overwhelm them with the amounts of punches that I was throwing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that people were able to or or foresaw you know, that much output in box Because in boxing, you're throwing, I mean, look, like the CompuBox, when you actually count the actual punches, right. those dudes are throwing over 100 punches per round. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a lot of punches that they're throwing. Right. So in Muay Thai, it's not that. It's a little bit slower pace. It's right. a little bit more brutal, I think, because, I mean, you have elbows agree, and you have knees and things knees. like that. So yeah. I think as far as the striking goes, it's a little bit more brutal. Mm-hmm. But the output... It's not as much as boxing. In boxing, it's like go, go, go all the time. It's like right. constant. Um, and so I don't think that people were used to that. So, I mean, for me, it kind of actually helped me out. I, I think just, just from seeing your fights, I, I think that you were you were a little bit overwhelming to some of your opponents because you also have, just, just on top of, not only did you have your foundation in boxing, but you also have that. Mexican foundation style of boxing. That grinding, that, that grinding. kind of pit bull, just go, go forward. Which yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, I don't think would be the the smartest way to fight. Right. But it makes it for an entertaining, like an entertaining fight, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's that mentality where it, there is, you know, they say that, you know, defense wins fights, you know, I don't know. Offense, I think, just go, go for it, you right. know, and just kind of grind your opponent until they... They can't even have their hands up anymore. And so that's kind of the mentality that, you know, I think most Mexican boxers have, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't think we were blessed with many attributes per se, <laughs> but as long as you're mentally strong, I think you can overcome that. You he's, know? he's downplaying it. By the way, Victor is Mexican. So, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that also plays into it. But what's, what's interesting is that, you know, with this, you know, talking about this upcoming fight tomorrow night. Is that this is one of the rare times where you're seeing, you know, the Mexican fighter in Canelo, who is not, he is not the the aggressor in comparison to his opponent Triple G. And Triple G is not looked at is is looked at as the aggressor in comparison to a Mexican fighter. That's rare. As well, he should be because it would be dumb on Canelo's behalf to just sit there in the pocket and just strike. Well, I mean, first of all, he's going up. I mean, he had to go up in weight, so he's not the same natural weight that uh, Triple G is. Right. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. But if you look at um, Triple G's trainer, what's uh, 
the Abraham, what's his, what's it? He has a Mexican trainer. He has a Mexican trainer. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he had, comes from like the same kind of uh, style of fighting. And that's mm-hmm. where Canelo, uh, Canelo, that's where Triple G gets his kind of grinding people down and move forward in a style of fighting. Dante Wilder. Dante Sorry. Wilder. <laughs> Wilder. Yeah, there you Dante go. I told Wilder. you it would come, it come eventually. Up. I knew it was going to hit me. Dante Wilder. Sorry, we're on the subject of boxing. We, Hey, we're going off on tangents, but we always bring it back. So It's going to happen. You yeah. Know. Um, yeah, man. That, that, that's... I think that's what's so interesting about what's happening with boxing right now is that you're seeing an evolution in the sport that... I think some people are kind of scratching their heads on it, but they're still they're still on it. Like people still are very excited about this fight. And you had mentioned that that it would be silly for Canelo to trade with someone like Triple G, but there was a couple of times in that first fight where Canelo stood in the pocket with Triple G and Triple G dropped a few bombs on him. That I think would have knocked out and well. he took him, he ate him. Yeah, I was yeah. actually really surprised of how well Canelo did. Even though he lost, I was actually surprised. It was a draw. It was a draw? It was a draw. That's no. right. It was, you know what? it was a draw. I'm starting yeah, to... No, no, no. But you know what? A lot of people do feel like that Canelo lost. I, I feel like... Uh, I think even Canelo thinks that he lost. Yeah, you could see it that way. You could see it that way. But, I mean, as far as the draw, yeah, you're absolutely fucking right. I don't Dude, know, no, no, no. You know what? It was a draw. You're oh, right. And yeah. you know what? That sh- that speaks a lot for, I think, for Canelo. Because he was looked at in this fight as an underdog, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, fighting the bigger opponent. Mm-hmm. And heavier hands, of course. Yeah. Uh, but when they did trade in the pocket, I was surprised of... You know, Canelo Speed did play a lot into the game, yeah. but he could also take a fucking punch. Yeah. And it wasn't until the later rounds when he started gassing out, because, yeah. I mean, he was having a hard time to actually... He was doing his sticking and moving, which is odd for Canelo to do, like, the sticking and moving. He usually walks people down forward, but yeah. you're not going to walk Triple G down. That's a that's yeah. a task within itself. And... Uh, but yeah, so he had to stick and move, and I think he just... That wasn't his style. He wasn't used to that. And those later rounds, I mean, it, it paid, you know... He paid for that. He got tired, and mm-hmm. that's why, you know, he couldn't execute as well. But surprisingly enough, he didn't get knocked the fuck out. No, you know, which people thought, you know, it could have gone either way. People thought, him. yeah, a lot of people was thinking, including myself, thought that there was there was going to be a knockout, and I don't I don't think too many people thought that this was going to make it to the twelfth round. And um, I don't know, man. I, as much as I want to say that this is going to be a knockout, I think we're going to see another decision. It, with this very, fight, they're both smart fighters. Yeah, and um, I don't think that Canelo needs to change a whole lot in the same strategy that he had. Before. Besides his conditioning, besides his conditioning, yeah, and already, you know, he should have a better understanding of what he's going up against since he already did it. Yeah, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot. I think that you know his team. They worked on a good plan, and I think in those early rounds, he was executing. Right. He was sticking and moving. He was de- definitely a lot faster. Those combinations were landing, mm-hmm. uh, and Triple G looked kind of a little bit slow and sluggish at the beginning, and it wasn't until he got his rhythm later on in those rounds and Canelo started gassing out that he was able to actually start cornering him and actually landing those punches. Right. But I don't, think that tri- well, I don't think that Canelo needs to actually change a whole lot to it. I think as far as changing the game plan goes... Is Triple G just I think starting off a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. like going harder a little bit at the beginning to just push the pace mm-hmm. in order to gas out uh, Canelo. So I think that yeah. as far as the changes go, maybe Triple G might change his his strategy up a bit. If he, yeah, I I think I think Triple G just has to be more consistent with his punches, his punches as far as like him connecting. Um, because Triple G is a grinder, but I think I think something that he learned in that first fight, or something I hope that he had learned, that you got to have a little bit more technique to fight someone like Canelo because of his, his defense, the way how he rolls. And yeah, Canelo is a grinder, but ever since he fought Mayweather, his style has changed. It has changed. It was a little... I mean, he, uh, he, I think he took that fight a little early in his career. Yeah, he was only 21, I mean, it's, it's 22. Mayweather, so I mean, yeah. even if he did probably wait 
later on in his career, I don't, still mm-hmm. don't think he would have actually won. I mean, we are talking about Mayweather. I don't think so either. But and, you anyways, know what? he would have came a little bit close. I think a lot of people hate on Mayweather, but yeah, you know man. Watch his goddamn fights. Watch and tell his me fights, his shit man. isn't impressive. Like, if you're yeah. saying that he's running around, you haven't seen his earlier fights. Nah, it's funny Watch how... his fight against Judah, against Zat Judah. Watch oh, his he... fights against... I mean, he's... Dude, Mayweather... See, I don't understand. When I hear people say that Mayweather runs, I, I just... And then... It's a just, clear just understanding the, that people don't watch the sport I don't think or they're understand. Paying attention. The, are you yeah. paying attention? I don't think they no. pay attention. And it's no. hard to have conversations with people like with that. With people who, are, who don't who, pay attention. They're, they're flat out. And you can just tell they're flat out Mayweather haters. And I'm, I'll be honest, man. It's I'm, easy to be a Mayweather hater. Yeah, it is. I mean, the shit that, that he does and things that he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of Mayweather, but God damn, you got to respect it. the style. You can't deny the boxing. You got to respect the style, man. If you know anything, if you know... A tad bit about boxing. You gotta respect what he's doing. His efficiency. Dude, I mean, he's not throwing any punches that are not going to be landing. Yeah. He's evading. And when the time comes, you're landing those shots. And I mean, isn't that the sweet signs of boxing? Sweet signs of boxing. To not get hit and And hit back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing it right. But that's that's boxing. Mayweather is a boxer. And I think what people want to see when it comes to combat sports is they want to see people that fight. We want to see the knockout. Of we course. want to Everybody see the knockout. See the exciting knockout, right? You know? But if that was the case, I think people should have paid uh, played closer attention to Mayweather in his earlier career. That's true. Because he was knocking motherfuckers he out was. in the bit. He was a beast. I remember I watched his first ever fight. I want to say a couple weeks ago. It was on YouTube. I mean, all of his fights are on YouTube now. But I watched it. I, I rewatched it again. It's because, you know, when you're bored, sometimes you just want to yeah. see what's no, going on. No, I just watch it just to study it, Just bro. to study it, just yeah. Just to study it to see what he was doing successfully. And if Ooh. you're not doing it, then you're falling behind. I mean, if you're yeah. not, I mean, if you're in the fight game, you know, if you're not yeah. studying the great... I go back and look at, you know, Ali to uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, and, I mean, you're Julio Cesar Chavez. I mean, you're looking uh, at all the greats. And I'm not even going to start the, all the Muay Thai guys as well. But, like, you yeah. know, and even the guys in the UFC or whatnot. But you have to look at all the greats. And even uh, within that, just see what made them successful and just kind of emulate it, you right. know, and see if, right. if you can get some of that magic on you. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what Tyson did yeah. for, for years up until, up until his first fight. That's what Customato had him do. Mm-hmm. Watch old school style boxers. And he had him watch, like, yeah, I remember Tyson was a heavyweight, mm-hmm. but Tyson studied lightweights. And you know what I thought was so... People people thought that the most intimidating thing about Tyson was his power. I remember watching Tyson in the nineties and just watching how fucking the fast speed, he was. The speed for Dude. that for his size, the speed. And you know, he was a small heavyweight, yeah. but a heavyweight nonetheless. Right. I mean, he was a, 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 on the smaller end of a beat. Dude, he fought he fought. I mean, you got you know, every time every everybody time he was fight. bigger. I mean, name yeah. somebody who was smaller than, than Tyson that he Dude, was fighting. No. Ty- no, no one. No one. Not on the heavyweight. Not on the heavyweight. Tyson, no. Tyson was about my height. Yeah. About five eight, five nine. And, okay, he fought between, most of his fights, he was around 215, 220. Something like that, yeah. That's, that was his fighting weight. But everybody knows, like, your fighting weight is less than what your actual weight is. So chances are Tyson was walking around at, like, 230, maybe even 240. Yeah. Just a fucking tank. A fucking, walk, built like a fire hydrant. Solid muscle. And, and hit in the type of velocity that was, that, like, honestly, just watching that alone... That was more terrifying than actually seeing him connect with the punch. Just how fast how he was fast throwing he the was. Watch his shadow boxing. Amazing. The speed that he generates. Or him Dude, hitting the bag. Hitting the heavy bag. And it's, that's not power of like brute strength. That's technique and technique speed. Technique and speed. Speed. Yep. I mean, if you're able to move an object, you know, the mass on that at that velocity, of yeah. course you're going to be knocking dudes out. Come yeah. On. And he was knocking out guys that, that outweighed him. Some of the guys outweighed him by... 40, 50 pounds. Because they never saw those punches coming. No. Nah. Nah. I think the super fight that I would have loved to have seen if Tyson wasn't in prison, if we would have got to see Tyson versus Riddick Bowe. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Dude, that would have been a classic. Yeah. Like, that's... that. But see, going back to Canelo and Triple G, like, I think the biggest winner out of all this is the consumer, us. Because now we are seeing... We're seeing a modern-day trilogy. 
some good quality boxing yeah. is what we needed to. For the longest, kind of boxing kind of died down, and yeah. it didn't help like that the UFC was coming up at the same time, and, mm-hmm. and it just seemed a little bit more exciting because, I mean, they're fighting with four-ounce gloves, and the potential of getting knocked out is there a lot more, yeah. you know, but... I mean, you cannot deny the popularity of boxing. I mean, it reigned supreme for, I don't know, how many years. years I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a long time. And so I'm glad that it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back in style now. And this and this trilogy, this is almost like, you know, this, because, it, I mean, it's it has to be a trilogy. They got to have a, th- no matter what happens tomorrow night, they have to have a third fight. This is almost as equivalent to, this is this is reminding me of, the old school Mickey Ward, Arturo Gotti fights mm. because you have two guys who are scrappers. They have a respect for each other, but there's also that that chip on their shoulder. Yeah, that's right. Because I th- I would I can honestly say the weight of the boxing world is kind of on both Triple G and Canelo. I think we're going to see ratings spike up in the boxing world after tomorrow night, and I think that. That mentality that they both have going into it, if they do have that mentality, as far as you know what they're doing, not just for themselves, but for spot, but but for boxing, and they're both still young. Triple G is he's starting to get towards he's starting to towards get the line, there, but, you know, but still, I mean, he's got a lot. In he's him. got a lot, and he hasn't taken any serious damage. No. He hasn't had any too too many brutal fights. Same thing with Canelo, like they're still young. They're in their prime. I can see both of them fighting in their like. I mean, if we saw, I mean, we saw how Bernard Hopkins carried his career all the way into his fifties. But that's the exception, not the norm. I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean look my, at George Foreman. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Foreman took years off too. I don't know if we can really put him in that category. But you're talking about consistently, consistently fighting. Bernard Hopkins. I mean, he had he had a what few about battles. Roy Jones? I mean, Roy Jones. No, okay. I will honestly say Roy Jones. I think. He doesn't get mentioned enough as far as, you know, one of the top boxers of all time. Which I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Well, I think part of it has to do with the fact that he he got out of it for a little bit because he was trying to, you know, he was trying to get in, get into the music mm-hmm. the music industry and he and he was actually successful at that. He was. Yeah, he did his thing. I'm not gonna lie. It was some of his songs that was coming out to. I was, I was like, damn, Jerome Jones, because you don't really think of athletes and and hip hop kind of. And that's going hand go in hand with the labeling. Yeah, you know, that's like, where we go with. Oh, he's you know just a fighter. You can't, yeah, it's people like, are more multi-dimensional. You nah, know? and he was, and he was, but I don't know. And then he got into commentating, and then he, you know, he actually had. He's still been fighting too. Yeah, I know. Which I'm like, I don't. And I, the surprisingly, and he's doing it smart too because he's not going to like top contenders because you're not in that, no, you're not in your prime anymore. Nobody's like, going to give with, him, like the up and comers, but he's knocking up and comers out. He is. I mean, it's just like, he is, but it's like I don't. I Whatever don't know. circuit he's in is right for him because I still enjoy watching Roy Jones Jr. destroy I, people. I do know? too, what, <laughs> dude. But do you remember how Roy Jones how nice he was in the '90s, even into the the, the early 2000s when he beat Johnny Reese? As he he moved up to heavyweight and yeah. beat John Ruiz, it was like, and he he did it with ease. It was almost scary. Like when you think about when you just think about how scary certain fighters are. Roy, Roy Jones was actually kind of terrifying in that fight. Very the fact tough. that he was he was easily just whooping the heavyweights at like knocked him out. Very talented, very confident. Yeah, you know, and I think. Uh, People just thought, and it was the style of boxing that he had too, where people thought maybe it was more all the his attributes that he was just naturally gifted. Yeah. But uh, there was skill. I mean, he was it was a lot of skill that he was doing, you know. And he had he had an ability to get within people's heads and yeah. mess with them, you know. The whole hands down, the showboating, but he uh, was executing that. If you looked at it, I mean, there's a there's a degree of strategy when you're showboating and you're putting your hands down. To make the person engage yeah. and then counter punch onto that, and he was—I think he was one of of the of the ones that can actually do that pretty goddamn well. You, know? you can't—you can't teach Roy. I mean, you can, but you're not—you're gonna have a hard time trying to teach Roy Jones Jr. style. That style, yeah, yeah. I don't think it, it's something that's. I mean, it's—you kind of have to avoid the fundamentals, you yeah. know, Of you know, keep your hands up, and then you shouldn't be doing all these things, you know, yeah. even crossing the feet and things like that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that's why he got such a, like, 
he didn't get as much credit because it was like, oh, it's just this guy who was, just, you know, just a freak, freak mm-hmm. of nature, and you know, he was just, you know, talented by nature. You know, it's just the attributes. But he was putting in a lot of work, and he was skilled. Yeah, you know? he was a, a, he was just a freak athlete. I mean, I, I just remember watching him and James Tony. And oh yeah, I, and I like James Tony. Yeah, too. and I do too. But man, James, and it went to I, I believe. God, I'm trying to remember. I remember watching it because that was another YouTube fight that I, you know, every I watched that. I watched, one. I watched that one. Yeah, and I just remember it was James Tony was actually trying to fight like Roy Jones, and I was like, "That's." I don't think. Yeah, that you know, you're gonna throw your, you know, work with what you have. He had a yeah. solid Philly show. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was I mean, like, dude, name, James, you know, come on, man. like, do what you do. Do what man. you do. Do yeah. what you do. Stay but, with that. That's what got you there. That's your bread and butter. You but, know. But that was that but mind Roy game Jones, that Roy yeah. Jones put on him. Mind fucked him. Yeah. And he got him. <laughs> he got, he got him. Man. He did. He got him. But that man, speed though too. That this, speed. The speed, the speed. It was too dangerous. Yes. Yes, it was. I remember how he had that that crazy just just his his stance where he would just drop that left hand. That the the left hand would always just be dangling. And he would hit a, with the left. And he would too. hit with the left hand. Yes. That was the the punch that, that he would hook, drop. He knew the left hook yeah. was coming. And he would he step would drop, in. Yeah, he would step in. He would drop the left and yeah. just swing it and out. And just swing it. Yeah. And he didn't see it coming because, I mean, it was dropped. Right. You never saw it. But, I mean, at a certain point, someone had to have known that that punch was coming. That punch was coming. And I would have thought that James Tony would have been the one that seen. No. He, he dropped James Tony with that same... No. Jumping, it was like this—a jumping hook, lunging left hook. That lunging left hook. I'm like, jeez. But yeah, man, (laughs) it's it's crazy to to reminisce about about how how much depth was in boxing then. But there's almost I don't know it, now it kind of seems like there's more depth than there ever has been in boxing. It's funny that you say that because I mean I think that boxing obviously with anything as time goes by it evolves in the evolution mm-hmm. of it. But I have been looking at like older fights nineteen I don't even it's going far back to like the nineteen twenties like the Jack Dempsey and Ooh. all sorts of fights and. uh Dude, these guys, like the style of fighting, like from the greats, mm-hmm. it hasn't really changed that much. So I think mm-hmm. that it's the combination of evolving, but not watering down. Because I, I think yeah. what might happen too, as time goes by, and and people pick up these these techniques and different things, that it, it becomes watered down. And mm-hmm. I think the fundamentals need to to be there. And uh, yeah, if I if you look at the older fights, dude, they were solid. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like they were behind the times. No, they they actually knew what they were doing, and it's just amazing. And I don't know, it's weird to look at it now because I mean it's in black and white and it's all grainy and you don't see it. Like you just don't kind of you think of it as like old school, mm-hmm. but you look at these guys fight and you know the skill is still there. And I mean I can kind of pinpoint all these great fighters and see where they were getting it and I think that's where Tyson was looking back and you know mm-hmm. uh, at the older tapes and just kind of studying what the you know the greats back then were doing mm-hmm. and I think the people who were successful were taking note of what the older generation was doing and just picking up on the success on that and just keeping with that and you know having a solid team and a good trainer you know that mm-hmm. knew what the fuck they were doing right. of course but uh, yeah I mean I think it is evolving um, but I think that at the same time, it, it the fundamentals and everything that as far as the structure goes, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to the last generation. Always. Right, 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 right. All you always have to, to right. or it becomes watered down. Right, you know. Yeah, I. What I've noticed is that in each generation, and you can you know each, you can you can label it by each decade or every couple of decades there's always that that one fighter that kind of leaves that evolutionary charge so you had mentioned Jack Dempsey so Jack Dempsey he kind of had that hard nose and then you know it's it's kind of a forward and there was just these power punches that he would throw I Same just named thing. him because uh, that's what came up to mind. Yeah, yeah, but mind. Okay. and I'm Jack ter- and I'm terrible with names too. Oh yeah, dude, I'm 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 right there with you. But now, but when you said Jack Dempsey, now all these others, that's the thing. Like, like if you say one name, then all of a sudden all these other names. Like the way my mind works, you say one name, all these other and names start other names to come out. 
So like Jack Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, um, Floyd Patterson had a style Floyd that Patterson. people people yeah. didn't notice. And then here comes this guy named Cassius Clay or Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali, who no one thought would beat Floyd Patterson. He beat him twice. Okay, he beat Floyd Patterson. Let's let's see how he does against this get this animal that we got named Sonny Liston, who was killing everybody. And he beat him not just once, but twice. Not by decision, but by knockout. Okay, there's something that Ali is doing. There's something to that. There's Definitely. something that he's doing that is different. So now you got Ali leading that evolutionary charge. Let's see how he does. Oh, you think that maybe we can do something about him? All right. Let's 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 try to enlist him into the military. We'll we'll give him time off of, out of the boxing ring. He'll have to go through all of these these uh these allegations of 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 treason and all this so meanwhile he's not fighting all right he's had about two or three years off let's put him up against this animal that we got called george foreman right i mean coming right off of that <laughs> yeah that and, layoff yeah fight george foreman Who's this is that? why but this is why you have to consider i personally think muhammad ali is the greatest of all time because he beat people that he wasn't supposed he to wasn't beat. Supposed to beat he wasn't supposed to beat floyd patterson twice he wasn't supposed to beat sonny liston twice he wasn't be so again. He was that le- that he, I mean I think he transcended the entire the entire sports community like as far as how we look at people who are in the spotlight and what they're supposed to do in and out of the ring. So you know you saw Muhammad Ali. Um, gosh, and then you know we're moving into what the 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 eighties. Now here comes this guy named Mike Tyson. Here's this big heavy guy who we had talked about the speed. Now he has the now he has the speed. Let's see, who can we put him up against? No, let's let's uh let's try this uh uh this big animal, Leon Sphinx. Hmm. Hmm. How how is that gonna play how out? How did that work out? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, wait, first first we'll try Larry Holmes and see what see how that plays out. It's like, all right, yeah, Larry Holmes, yeah, he's kind of towards the tail end of his career, but let's see what he can do. I mean, he whooped Muhammad Ali's ass, but Muhammad Ali was also towards the tail end of his career, too. So let's see what he can do and saw how that played out. So, again, like there's there's these... One, every he's generation, one guy. there's yeah. this one guy. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I think that's with everything and not right. even just in in boxing. I mean, look at basketball. You had, you know, yeah. beforehand. You have the Larry Birds and the uh, Magic, Magic Johnsons. Johnsons. And yeah. then you have the Michael, Michael Jordans. Jordans. And then you, you have, have the Iverson. Coke. Yeah, you have Iverson. You get, yeah, people got, got to remember oh, the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to throw. I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, stating the. I, saw, I would never think that know. Iverson will get the credit that he deserves. I don't but, think so either. Dude, you're talking about someone who no one knew about who crossed over Jordan. My ankles hurt just talking, dude, just mentioning Iverson's name. Dude, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Michael ankle Jordan's hurt. ankle still hurt <laughs> just thinking about, thinking about Iverson and what he did to the sport. Uh, that's true. So I think you're right as far as there's there's always this uh, these prodigies, these phenoms that in every generation that just mm-hmm. kind of excel in, you know. Right. And, and then and then Mayweather. Yeah. yeah. Mayweather is changing the way how fighters carry themselves as businessmen. You can argue the fact that, you know, Mayweather. I remember I was listening to Bernard Hopkins in an interview on uh, The Breakfast Club the other day. And he was <laughs> he was arguing the fact that he doesn't think that Mayweather is a businessman because he has a manager who handles his business dealings. Yeah, but I mean, that's to me, it's like. That's good that he was able to have the ability to find the right manager that does his business. Yeah, he's dealings. smart enough to know that or to delegate when he doesn't know, you know, those aspects of the industry. Right. I mean, if you do, congratulations. But if you don't, then be smart enough to get somebody who's, you know, better than you right. on that subject. So, right. I mean, I don't hate, you know, yeah. of course. But uh, everybody's going to have some something to say about Mayweather. Speaking of Mayweather and, you know, people, defensive fighters that are, you know, great defensive fighters. Parnell Whitaker. Ooh, Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. Yeah. Seriously. I, yeah. I go back and watch him and just, you know, for the whole bobbing and weaving and things like that, you know, you got to look at that defensive fighting because it's nice. People always like in boxing or in fighting, you know, you got to hit somebody. Yeah. I, think the, I think it really comes down to being able to not get hit. Mm-hmm. And I think like in uh, 
especially, you know, I grew up in uh, kind of like in a poorer neighborhood. And, you know, I think uh, we all kind of grew up kind of scrappy. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that you were fighting a lot of street fights. And I think that the most devastating is not being able to hit somebody. It's the fact when you try to hit somebody and you just cannot. Mm-hmm. You're like trying your best to mm-hmm. lay this dude out. And it's not happening. Like, this guy's just... That's a scary thought. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I wanted to be. It's like, even though this person could be, I don't know, six foot something or, you know, 200 and some odd pounds... It doesn't matter because I can defend myself, you mm-hmm. know. And so you got to study those defensive fighters as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I like being offensive, you know, Mexican fighters, yeah. that grinding yeah. kind of style. But I'm not I'm not a big fan of getting punched in the face. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> and, dude, I've, I've been hit extremely hard in the face before by, by professional fighters. And I can only imagine what guys who have a career of doing that is going through when they're going through their sparring sessions before big fights. That's why I was like, you know what? As much as I love and appreciate the sport, I know the first thing that's going to go on me is my brain. And if I keep taking these shots to the head, I'm not going to be as good. And I was, and I was good. Even as, even when I had my amateur fights, I was good. And I had guys, but, and that was that, that was that thing. And you probably heard this too from, from other trainers like, Oh yeah, you're good. You can be you can be this good if you do this. See, that's that gas that they try to fill you up with when they see that there's some type of attribute in you that could make you great, which is true. Which but it's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's a, that confidence. It's a good it's feeling to have, but at what cost? I mean, as much as I respect and admire Muhammad Ali, he was going through the early stage of Parkinson's before he had even retired. And you're talking about a guy that some people thought was untouchable. You know, he had been through war. And that's the thing, too. When you look back at some of Ali's fights, probably the toughest fight. I remember watching Ali and Frazier, too, and was like, God damn, this was like Joe Frazier is underrated as one of the hardest, hardest hitters he is. ever. But yeah. he clocked Ali with shots that Ali ate. Like it was lunchtime. But it was Ali's rope dope style. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously it worked. Obviously it worked. Right. You know, it's Ali, you know. But I think during his career, it, uh, it, took, it took a toll on him. Obviously that whole yeah. being able to gas somebody out, you know, by just taking so many punches and making people miss. And sometimes you ate them, sometimes you didn't. People were mm-hmm. chasing you down. But eventually, you know, you turn it up. And turned the tide on it, right. but look, look what ended up happening. What you happened? know that style is that's uh, it's a dangerous yeah. style, you know. And even back then, when they had less padding in the gloves, that's true. Though. I mean, it was they were was, fighting seventeen fucking rounds. Uh, yeah, I can't even as a heavyweight. Think, think about that, dude. How many rounds they were going. Yeah, seventeen fucking rounds. Yeah, no, nah, I mean it was it was a different style back then. And, you know, it, it's. I think guys are, are more protected. The sport has, has come a long way as far as protecting the fighters. But that's that's still a toll to take on the body. The body isn't designed to be taking shots like no, that. No, it's not. It's not. And that's why I, I, uh, I'm always amazed. And you can tell like how new somebody is in the sport when they're sparring and they don't put like the headgear on. And they're just like, oh, well, I can take the punches. So I'm like, look, yeah. I know you can take the punches. We all can take the punches. Yeah. But I think that the the damage it doesn't happen during the fights it mm-hmm. happens during the during sparring the because the you're sparring, training yeah. so many i mean how much sparring there is involved to, for a preparation of a fight and you're getting hit every day yeah. you know and that eventually takes a toll so i think the the hardest aspect of it is not during the actual fight but mm-hmm. it's during the preparation of for the fight so you know you know bite your pride and put that you know the yeah. headgear on and that's going to make you last in your career a lot longer. That's for sure. Yeah. So on that subject, too, as far as training, man, you know, I kind of wanted to get into the Muay Thai because I remember watching you and, you know, I had the privilege of, you know, holding mitts with you and doing some sparring with you. Um, talk about how that how that preparation process is on top of the fact that, you know, you're you're also a family man. You know, you have you have you have a wife, you have your kids. I mean, what was that? How did that grind translate in the ring outside of the ring? 
it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not easy. But with anything, you you have to want it. I mean, how bad do you want anything? How mm-hmm. bad do you want anything in life? And if you want it that bad, you're going to work for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you basically, you do what you have to do. And it was hard as far as maintaining that family life. And, and a lot of these fighters that are up and coming, like myself, you know, you still have to have your day job. Yeah. I mean, you're not a famous, you know, multi-million dollar fighter. You have to have a day job, you know. And so working the family life, your day job, and the training, which if you're not training two to three times per day, then you're falling behind. It's not like, oh, you know, you're going to go and train for a couple of hours. No, you have to live, eat, breathe that that yeah. training. So I would wake up early in the morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning, go run my, I mean, ideally you'd need to run like five miles per day, mm-hmm. but I mean, sometimes you're, you're so drained and if I could do anywhere from two to three miles per day, waking up early in the morning and running those, mm-hmm. then I was satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to, you know, eat healthy, you know, like a bowl of oatmeal or something and then just go to work, mm-hmm. you know, just grind out the day. And sometimes it'd be, it'd be frustrating because I, ha- I knew that I had to finish my work. And then mm-hmm. as soon as I had to finish, I would go home, get my stuff ready. And sometimes I would already have it, uh, you know, I would take my, my gym bag with me already to work. But at that point, if I went from work to the gym, then I didn't even see my family. Yeah. So then I would try to get off at least a little bit earlier, as early as I could from work so that you could go, you know, at least say hi to the kids, say hi to the wife before going to the gym mm. and then and a lot of the times what i would do is actually bring them with bring me. them to the I gym would bring yeah. them with i would me, see you know? your kids running around the yeah, gym yeah. which is not you know not ideal but it's what you have to do if you want to achieve something right you know and so a lot of it does have to do with time management and it's it's not fun i think the training and the aspect of it that's the grueling aspect of it the funny the, the funny the fun part about it is the the actual fighting yeah. knocking dudes out and the glory behind it and the yeah. celebration afterwards right yeah. but yeah. the time that it takes and all the work ethics that takes you know no drinking yeah. no smoking yeah. no eating fast food you know yeah. really watching all that you really have to want it right. you know so i i think uh and I wasn't perfect at it. I wasn't perfect at it by any means, you know. But it's one of those things where you, the more you do it, you kind of learn what you have to do to do it. And if it's something that you want to do, whether it's fighting or anything in life, you know, you just have to put the work, you know. I think I think what you do and what a lot of, uh, you know, other lower lower tier fighters, what what you guys do on a daily basis is just is incredible. Um, I literally watched you train because I think there was the year that I was at, I was at hybrid. I think I don't even, I I wasn't even there for a full year, but I remember watching you train throughout the entire summer into the fall, into the winter. Cause you literally, it seemed like you had fights back to back to back. back. Yeah. Back to back. I didn't want to get cold. I wanted to just keep that momentum going, you know, dude. And I would just kind of watch you. And this is why like, and you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, yeah, he earned my respect, but dude, I, I immediately respected you just off of the strength of your work ethic. I don't even think you had to say two words to me just off of your work ethic. The fact that you, you still kept your family in the mix. You still had your day job. And, dude, I would see you in that ring sparring. And I'd be like, I don't know. This, there's something special about what, what he's doing. And he doesn't get... I don't think he gets enough credit for when he wins these fights. But, you know, I, and I never really said this to you right now, brother. I, I admire the work ethic that you had, man. Well, you know what? I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It was... Uh, like, it was an honor to watch you in the ring, and when you would win, like, I almost would be, like, emotional with you, man, because I was like, I saw his, I saw his journey, you I was a part journey. of his journey. You saw what it took, you know, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, well, like I said, that's the, 
that's the fun part is the actual you train so much and you kind of I always visualize it you know you always yeah. the, the fighters say that they visualize so I would be training and as I'm training I visualize me winning these fights and I would go into it and it and all that hard work paid it, it became into fruition you know and so that motivated me to keep on going and I yeah. think that that motivation was important because some of those days were rough some of those days like some days you go into the gym and you feel fresh and you're good and yeah, you're yeah, you know yeah. you're the best you're King Kong yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. no one can stop you you yeah. know and some days you know everybody's kicking your ass and like you're leaving there with black eyes and bloody noses and you're like man how's everybody beating me and I'm fighting right you know and so those are those are the demoralizing days but you got to suck that up and just kind of know okay this is part of the plan right. just so that you know you got to grind it out so when you go into the actual ring you know it's going to pay off yeah. so, and that motivates me and that was the thing too i noticed like like it's that's good that you brought that up as far as like there's days when you're like fuck man I, why is why has it that's that that's that wall that you hit yeah why is it that i'm working my fucking ass off but today's training, I got my ass kicked. What happened? That's that adversity that you like. That was that's the thing that people don't understand. That adversity. You can be in tip top shape, but if someone whoops your ass one day, are you gonna throw in the towel then, or you got to keep going? That's that that is really what determines the character of a man, that's of a funny. person. That's funny that you say that because I I use uh and this is one of the reasons why I like fighting so much is because I I use fighting as like a metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. You know, like with anything. Sometimes you uh you wake up early in the morning to go to work and you're like fuck this. Yeah. Like uh, you know what? I'm tired of working. I'm tired of doing this. I don't even feel like doing it, but mm. you can't give up. Like mm. you you can't, you know. So it's always nice to have that motivation as a person whatever motivates you. I don't I don't know uh, every individual has their their own thing, you know, and I can't tell you what you need to use as far as the motivation, your family, the fame, the riches, you know, the girls or, you know, or just, you know, being a legend, mm-hmm. whatever your motivation is, you know, it, you have to visualize it and you have to keep on it because on those rough days where you're feeling like you need to just throw in the towel and this was not meant for you, mm-hmm. whether it's fighting or whether it's, you know, working or whether it's whatever it is, you know, you need that motivation, yeah. you hold it. To keep on pushing through. You know? what, what would you say your your ultimate motivation was? Uh, you put me on the spot on that Got one, you, man. Huh? Yeah. I told you, man. <laughs> I told you before, man. Like, there's something that you didn't want me to bring up before we started recording. You got to tell me now. Uh, I like the fact that I'm just a badass dude, to be yeah. honest with you. The fact that I can, you know, I would, I like the fighting aspect. Just in general, I like fighting. But you can train, 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 train all you want, but you don't put your skills into, like, you don't know what you're made out of unless you're fighting somebody else that's yeah. also been training to do that. Yeah. And if I'm able to dominate you, that means that I'm doing something right. So I wanted to just do it for the actual aspect of being able to be a badass dude, like, beat somebody in, in the work ethic that I did actually uh amount to something you know because as far as the like the fame and the and the and the money goes i didn't really see it that way because i didn't picture myself going this far to be honest with you i didn't really think uh you know anything of it um and so and it's a and it's a hard career to go into you know you don't start seeing the money into it until later on but uh you know so you need to find something else that motivates you because if it's the money then real fast you're going to realize it didn't come as quick as you thought right. and you're going to be demoralized. Right. So you need to find something else. And I just want my, my thing was, okay, so I'm training this hard because I'm trying to knock a nigga out. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was so honest though. The fact that you just said, cause I don't know too many people that would have flat out said, I just want to be a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like that's, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. That's why I'm training. That's that. That's be that the alpha you, mentality to be that the you best have, you can be, you know. Be the best that you can be. And I'm not a bad guy as far as I'm not trying to hurt anybody. No, you're a nice you know, guy. You know, that's in, cr- in that's, life, you yeah. know, like in life, that's not my thing. But when you're in that ring, you work so hard, and this is what you're working for that you wanna you wanna show what what you're made out of, you know. And I think that's at least that's what motivated yeah. me, you know. Dude, that's I mean that, but, but that's why uh, you know I prefaced. You know, you're, I gave that intro with you before we started about, 
Like, yeah, he's a super humble guy, but he will whoop your ass. <laughs> because, and that's the thing too, fighters, I think there's that, there's that mystique about fighters that, you know, they're, they're these violent individuals who just need to exert their frustrations, almost like they're these angry people. Like, the most common individuals that I've ever met were fighters. Like, there's some guys that I've met wouldn't even know that they were fighters until I actually seen them in the gym and they're they're hitting pads or they're rolling on the ground or or they're sparring and it's like wow this nice guy that I probably would have bumped into in a bookstore at the at the, at the supermarket could actually knock my head off <laughs> and it's funny that you say that yeah. because it wasn't until I like I said uh, mentioned earlier before growing up you know like bad neighborhoods you would get into fights and I would get into fights all the time. And later on, uh, as I got older, I would head up to the clubs and in my younger youth days, you know, I would go yeah. clubbing a lot and I would just, for some reason I had just like uh, bad luck of picking fights every time. <laughs> like when I was out. Right. And I was so reckless looking at my early twenties, 21, you know, yeah. 22 or just being so reckless and picking these fights. And like, I could have got seriously hurt. Yeah. Because you, like you said, you never know who you're messing with. And right. now, you know, and when you're, as you actually start fighting and seeing what it takes and, and all these guys, you look at all these guys that are highly trained and you don't expect some of these guys to be fighters. Mm-hmm. You pick a fight with the wrong person and that's, you know, that's going to be right. a bad, bad night for you, right. you know. So that actually made me more humble, I think. The whole fight experience, the professional fight you know, it's it just makes you more humble in the sense that, you know, there's some badass dudes out there, you yeah. know, that, that take these things seriously. So you might want to humble yourself and not think that you're the alpha male because there's always somebody that's better than you. Have you, because I got to ask you this because this this recently happened to me, but have you been in a position since you since you've been a professional fighter to where you actually had to walk away from a situation where you knew that it was going to escalate? To where you, you most likely were gonna have to hurt this person. There is, and I mean, usually it's when there's alcohol involved. Yeah, and it helps when you're uh, clear-headed. Yeah, because if you've been drinking too, then it goes all out the window, you it know. But bad. if you're if you're clear-headed and you see that the other person isn't talking and just talking out their neck, you know, yeah. then basically, you know, at that point, yeah, you know, you could defend yourself, and you know that. Uh, you're going to wreck this guy, right? But yeah. is that really what you want to do? And you got to think of the consequences as well. And I think as you get older, you come, like you said, the mm-hmm. family thing right. comes into play and it's like, daddy's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, he knocked yeah. some dude out. And then you got to explain why. And it's like, yeah, the justification was like, because you can't pass off that, yeah, I was just trying to be a bad motherfucker to your kids. So a lot of the times you'll see these guys pick a fight with you and they're just talking all this head, right? And yeah. then you yourself know, I'm going to lay this guy out. Yeah. But you have to, and it takes a lot, it takes a lot to look within you and just go, you know what, I'm just going to walk away. And yeah. you know that person's going to keep talking shit, right? You got to just let Claiming them Claiming that you're scared mm-hmm. and you're walking away, but you're going to be that bigger person. But you know what? Ultimately, you know, you know yourself, you know your truth, and you know that right. that's, that's the right way that you should approach it. And what you just said is what went through my head because this happened, I, I want to say, a couple of months ago, and I was... It was so... It was funny to me just because I was... I was, and I, I don't, I, I never go out, but it was, you know, I was working late. I stopped at a bar that was right down the street and I just felt like just having a couple of drinks just to myself. And I said, I said at the bar, there was a couple next to me and they, they looked like they had been there for a while. They were drinking. Um, the guy was, he, he was just too comfortable. Like he was just too comfortable and talking like he was he was way too close and and he was he had good intentions but he was talking to me and he was in my face and he was talking to me I think I had a 49 I had a 49er hat on and so he started talking to me about how the 49ers suck and he you know he was obviously a Raider he was a Raider I forget if he was either a Raider fan or a Dallas fan and he just was like trying to he was trying to bond with me and I just was not you weren't feeling it I just wasn't feel it was just he was too he was too aggressive and that me not 
connecting with him on that level made him extra aggressive. So I'm he like, felt the fact that you just, you know, you weren't having that. Yeah, and he was, you know, kind of offended or resented the fact that I wasn't trying to engage with him on the level that he was at. But mind you, and this was only one drink in, this motherfucker was probably like five or yeah, six yeah, drinks probably in. probably been there for hours. Yeah, you know? plus was probably on some, he, he was definitely on something, something else, else besides alcohol. So I'm like, okay. So it was his wife or his girl, I don't know who it was, was, was there. And he basically kept walking off and the girl was there. And she kind of felt, I guess she felt lonely, so she started talking to me. I'm like, oh shit, this is. Oh, that's. A- this, ain't a good, <laughs> this ain't good either. So at first, I'm ignoring her. But now I'm kind of like, well, if I ignore her, I don't know this girl. I don't know what she's going to say. Maybe she might- dude's going to feel offended because yeah. he's ignoring his girl. I'm ignoring her. My girl <laughs> not good enough. You can't <laughs> talk to my girl. It's like, all these scenarios is running through my head. Basically, long story short. I ended up talking to them, you know, me and just conversating. And this girl was just, she was so fucked up. She's telling me about, like, this this new drug that she had just tried a week ago. And she's like, yeah, it's it's like this tea that you ingest. And I'm like, and I'm just kind of, like, acting like I'm interested. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice, that's nice. Not realizing that that I'm the only person that she's talking to at the bar. The, her guy, husband or whatever, is getting getting agitated on the other side of the bar, he finally comes over and starts yelling at her and basically said, like, look, either you come out with me right now or I'm going to have to fight this nigga right now. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. This is this really did happen. Yeah, is this like, really, really like really, right, is this now? Happening right now? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, should I leave right now? And then you know, luckily everyone around, because there wasn't that many people there, but, you know, a couple other people was around the bar and they were like, hey, man, you... You you cool man? Don't even don't even do nothing. Cause at this point I'm on now. I got to get on defense mode. Of course, Cause I don't know what this fucker's gonna do. So I didn't swell up on him, but I did position myself to where if he did make a move, then I can at least I can at least you know duck duck but, weave. I can I can counter. Let me ask you something. How close were you? To him as you guys were engaging in uh, this verbal conversation, because I imagine that you know you guys exchanged words. Obviously, no, I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. He was talking to her. I said after that point, I didn't say there was nothing else to say to him. There was nothing else to say. You were on the defense. Yeah, but I was like, should I do something? Should I? Yeah, I didn't say anything. He he actually didn't even have his full. His body was positioned towards her. Because the, the reason I ask that is because I'm amazed at how much, like, when when you see altercations happen, like, at the bar or in the streets, mm-hmm. where people would just be mouthing off to each other, and they're, like, like a foot away from each other. I mean, dude, in the fight game, that's, I mean, you could be, like, three feet away from somebody, yeah. I'll still knock you out yeah. just with, the, like, oh, a lunging I'll, hook, you know? Dude, I dude, was in a position where... Put your where, hands up, yeah. you know? Don't, so, you know, I think a lot of the times when... Uh, in case something's going to happen, you need to take like two, three, four steps back. Yeah. And just kind of. You don't like, want to get too close. And I think Krav yeah. Maga, because I think you have yet done uh, mm-hmm. Krav Maga, where they teach you like, put your hands put up your to hands your face up. and yeah. then say, I don't want to fight. Right. Put your hands up to your face, though. That's just, you know, right. that's a good rule of thumb because you never know. You never right. know when somebody's going to swing at you. Well, he didn't, he wasn't in, he was just, he was frustrated just because his girl was not cooperating with him. So it was mainly towards, towards her. her. But when he said, either you leave with me or I'm going to have to fight this nigga. And I knew he was talking to me because he, you know, he wasn't looking at me, but he basically had his hand out. He's talking like, I'm talking to you. He was talking to you, like, you're her. I'm talking to you. He extended his hand. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, he didn't. Now he didn't put me in a position yeah. where it's like, OK, well, I'm definitely not going to let you hit me first. Like, I can't let you hit me first. I can't let you get the first the first shot. So I positioned myself at least to where if he was going to throw something, I was at least going to see it coming and then counter and do whatever I need to do. I didn't it didn't seem like it was necessary for me to hit him. But either way, I needed to you be were positioned enough. Yeah, yeah in case I had to grab him and do yeah, yeah. So but again, it's like being that being in that position is very is, is awkward. It is, isn't it? You know, it's part. That's part of the reason why I I don't go out very often. Um, because you're a troublemaker, or or, or trouble follows. Trouble you. follows me. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, 
damn, am I? Yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> what damn, are the I, odds? Every yeah, time, damn it, <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time. It was just that instance. Like I hadn't, I hadn't been out, and it had been months since I had been out. And the first time when I go out, and I didn't even really consider it going out, just me get getting a drink before I go home. One of those spare the moment. Yeah, it was just like, man, eh, you know what? I feel like having a drink is right up the street from my house. Um, they ain't even have any fucking Hennessy there, so that's part of the reason why. <laughs> Well, I won't be going was, back yeah. to that place again. It was all downhill. From yeah, there. I was like, I should. That should have been the red flag. It's like, all right, well, they didn't know, or I, you know, they didn't have any Hennessy there, so that's that's already. I should have walked out as soon as they said that. Yeah, so you know that that instant that that incident just kind of it 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 was just another reminder on what I could do and what I can't, you know. It's it's situational circumstances and yeah you know that's why I had to ask you it's like you know how many times have you been in those situations where you knew that whether you had to put hands on this person or not it wasn't going to really work in your favor you know well thank God I haven't I haven't really had to be in that position a whole lot yeah. but it's one of those things that you know you have to know you have to know who you are and you know be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Enough to say, you know what? I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I right. Now, I mean, there are boundaries mm-hmm. that I mean, you step the line, right? <laughs> You're gonna get clocked, obviously, you know. But right. you know, the the best way to approach it is to avoid any altercation. Right. Know? Right. So. Well, yeah, man. Well, <laughs> I think you know the life. The life that you live as a fighter, man, is a is a is a pretty honorable position. But you know, you're also more than that. You know, you're 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 a family man. You're a worker. You're you're a business operator. You're a, uh, you're also a musician. You, you you carry a lot of hats, man. Uh, I um, try to I try to keep it uh, interesting in life. You know? Yeah. And and I think uh, I don't think people give themselves enough credit. You know, and uh, I work in the, you know, my business is in the pool industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm used to like, hey, there goes the pool guy. Like if I'm working, it goes, there goes the pool guy. But it's it's right. always funny how I look at it. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, you get labeled that. It's like, that's just an occupation. Right, it's right, not right. Really, it doesn't define you. A lot of these things don't define you. And so you shouldn't really be defined by the things that you actually do. People are, are more complex than, and, and more... Uh, multi-dimensional and we give ourselves credit for mm-hmm. whether you know you could be a fighter but you could also be so much more than that like you said a family man an artist or anybody else you know or anything else so mm-hmm. yeah i don't think you should limit yourself yeah. people have potential i mean we only use what 10 percent of our brain or something like that yeah and so uh which know. i think is kind of like i don't know i mean i, I never uh was it neurology uh I feel I I would contest that we use more than that, but then again, I haven't studied that theory, so I'm just talking on my ass. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> <like to think. laughs> well, I, so, I think no. I, I think uh, without sounding ignorant, of course, it's <laughs> like just like you, like I'm yeah, a neurosurgeon yeah. or I don't study in that field, yeah. but I think it's like what you're only using ten percent. Uh, at a given time, I mean, you can use other parts of your brain, but you're only mm. using sections of it at, mm. a, at a certain time. Mm. Uh, like if you look at the whole brain and you color coordinate it, you know, there's there's uh, sections of the brain, uh, the left hemisphere, the right hemisphere, right. and different things of it. Um, you're only using certain parts of it at a given time, and yeah. I think that's what they mean by that. But I mean, yeah. I just think we're just more complex than we have an, an actual understanding, and even the study within the brain and the neuroscience. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's still pretty primitive to be honest with you. It's, it's, we don't really know how it works, right. you know. So that's kind of interesting well, that way. Well, dude, if you are indeed using ten percent of your brain, man, you're you're doing a hell of a lot with yeah. it, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, I yeah, I appreciate you doing this with me, man, and uh, you know, I hope we can do it again. Of course, anytime. Um, yeah, man, this is this was. What I really enjoyed about this is the first time that I've actually done a podcast where, you know, we're talking about like one of the hobbies that that I've been involved in um, for the past few years and to talk about with someone else who actually lived that hobby that I was actually kind of dabbling in, so to speak, um, is amazing, man. 
and uh you know keep doing your thing man i hope that uh i know you're kind of taking a little bit of a hiatus off of the fighting but if you get back into it again man i'll <laughs> i'll be one of the people that's gonna be, you already know where what, which definitely, corner i'm gonna be in definitely and, and, yeah. and i always uh i don't think i say it enough is that uh a person's journey, you know, when somebody says that they're they're uh, self-made, like a self-made person, you mm. know, that's bullshit. Mm. You got to acknowledge the people who, you know, took you to that to that level. I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part, you're doing it yourself, and I don't mean just a fighter. I mean, just with anything. Oh, I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm a self-made this, self-made that. You know, mm-hmm. people are always helping you out throughout your journey. And I think it's kind Absolutely. of I think it's kind of selfish for you to say that. Well, I did it on my own, you know, yeah. and things like that. That being said, I always appreciated the fact that every time I had a fight going on, you were willing to step up in the ring yeah. and uh put in that time to get me ready for those upcoming fights. So Absolutely. I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. that. You know? Yeah, man. It was it was an honor. You're man. a busy man as it is, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, for you to take out that time out of your busy life to go and help me out, you know, that means a lot to me. Man, it was an honor, man. Well, yeah, Mr. Frost, man, thank you for coming thank through. You, thank you. Let's, uh, like I said, let's try to do this again. Definitely. And uh, to the rest of the world out there, man, y'all, uh, y'all keep your eyes, ears, and open for a gentleman by the name of Victor Frost. If he ever gets back in that ring, y'all gonna hear about it. Matter of fact, if you get back in the ring, we are gonna do another recording right before oh, it happens, sure. man. Sure. That's that's a promise. All right, so yeah, thank you for tuning in, world. Y'all have a good night. Peace and hair grease. Love y'all. Got anything to say, Mr. Frost? No, I think we're good. We all good, man. All right, y'all. Love y'all. Stay safe. Stay prominent. Stay resourceful. All that good shit. Peace.